Hi, in the hills of Happy Valley, Oregon, welcome to Until We Meet Again, brought to you by the kind support of Cornerstone Funeral Services in Boring, Oregon, and friends like you. I'm Elizabeth Fournier. This radio broadcast is an expression of our common ground of mortality, because after all, we are all in this together. Today's reading is edited and adapted from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on the Lord, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. My guest today is Robin Bertram. She's an ordained minister, a Christian speaker, and the executive producer and host of the nationally and internationally syndicated television show Freedom Today. She is also the vice president of media relations for Christian women and media, and she hosts Freedom Today women's conferences in cities across the United States. And of course, you can find her on Robin Beatrum TV. She's written two books we're going to be talking about today. The first is No Regrets. It's How Loving Deeply and Living Passionately Can Impact Your Legacy Forever. And her second book, Hidden Treasures, Finding Hope at the End of Life's Journey. Now, she has several books. These are the last two. And I love these. And Robin, something I really love is I love love. And you really love the concept of loving passionately. And I find that really throughout the theme of these two books. Yes, yes. Um, that has really been a message, Elizabeth, that God has has just put on my heart uh, for the last several years, to be quite honest with you, because as I look around, I, I minister to, to uh, women particularly across the country, and our, our definition of, of true biblical love, sometimes we don't understand what that means. And what I found, especially with No Regrets, when I wrote No Regrets, what I found is when an individual has determined in their heart to love the way Apostle Paul taught the church in Corinth to love, they, ha- they, didn't, have, they didn't have a bucket load of regrets. And so I really started to ponder um, probably 10-plus years ago, my father on his deathbed, he looked me in the eye and he said, Robin, I have no regrets. And, you know, at the time, I, that just it just shook me to the core of my being because I couldn't understand how someone could honestly look at their life and say, I have no regrets. And so... I knew my dad. My dad was a a pastor for 50 years. He planted five churches. He sang in gospel groups. He was a wonderful, godly man. But even saying that, I thought, certainly you would have regrets just looking at your life. And so I really struggled through that. I knew that he meant what he said. He was a man of very few words. And so as I, I sat down several years after that and started to put pen to paper, and give thought to what my father said and and how he could say it. And the first thing that came to my mind, Elizabeth, is my dad knew how to love biblically. 
He knew what it meant to to hold no wrong. He knew what it meant to to not provoke others or not be self-seeking or not be envious or boastful. He knew what Apostle Paul taught when Apostle Paul said that love is patient, it's kind, it, it, it's not envious. And so as I started to think about that, the Lord really laid it on my heart to map out in my mind what it meant to be able to say at the end of our life, when we are at the very end, because that's a time, Elizabeth, when we get really honest with ourselves and with others, <laughs> um, what it means to say that you have a life of no regrets. And Apostle Paul said this, he said, you know, I, I forget forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. And in a nutshell, that's what this entire book, No Regrets, is about. It's about pressing toward the goal, becoming Christ-like. And as we become more Christ-like, then we learn to live a life of no regrets. And so, so that, that was really the impetus for writing the book is my father's last words on his, on his deathbed because he, he really meant what he said. And then uh, fast forward several years, I went through my own uh, health challenge. And Elizabeth, during that time, I didn't know whether I was going to live or die for, two, for about two years. And it was a time when I got really honest with myself. And I had to look at my life. And I had to analyze, am I living the life that I want to live so that when the end comes, I can honestly say I have no regrets? And one thing that I know for certain, uh, part of that process is learning to forgive people. And that's in both of my books, both Hidden Treasures and uh, No Regrets, because as I travel, as I minister, as I speak with women across this country, what I find is we all find a little justification <laughs> to hold on to things that we should let go of. So I dedicate one chapter to, in No Regrets to authentic love, and that's really walking with the reader, teaching and, and encouraging them to live as Apostle Paul taught the church. Um, but then another chapter is about the power of forgiveness, because I find that when we're going through our own issues and we're facing our own mortality, what we begin to do is we begin to look around at those people that have hurt us or have offended us, and we find that we're holding them in captivity, which holds us into captivity. So I spend... Um, one chapter on walking with people, uh, my readers, to encourage them to learn how to forgive. And I think that's such an important message, whether, you know, whether you're looking at your life or, or, or just learning to live day by day. And that's part of No Regrets is learning to live a godly life day by day in a way that you build a legacy, you live a legacy, and then you leave a legacy. And that's what my dad did for me. He left a spiritual, rich legacy. Because I saw a man who, who 
his entire life, he didn't have it easy. You know, he was a man of great faith. He had lots of obstacles that he had to face. And Elizabeth, I saw him face it with faith and with prayer. So in that life, he left me a legacy that I could look at and begin to walk out with my own family. So uh, my dad, when he was, before he passed on to glory and went to be with Jesus, he had a, a massive heart attack. And for 30 years, our doctors kept telling us, be prepared to bury him. And my dad just kept defying the odds. <laughs> for 30 years. For 30 years. That is was, something. He was actually called into Virginia Veterans Administration and sat down with a board of physicians. And the lead physician said, Mr. Maddie, we brought you in here because we want to know how are you defying your medical odds, your medical records? And my dad said this, Elizabeth. He said, well... He said, I believe in prayer, and I believe in taking my vitamins. (laughs) (laughs) Good coverage. Yes. And, you know, I mean, the last heart attack he had, he laid on the basement floor in our home for several hours with a heart, uh, with uh, uh, 18 beats a minute. And the EMT said he's going to be brain dead. There's no way he can survive this. And he lived 11 more years after that. And what I learned from that, Elizabeth, is, is this. Our faith is fuel for our own miracle. And our miracle may be only as big as our faith. And I watched my dad... I watched him. He defied all odds. And then when I went through my own health challenges and Mayo gave me a death sentence of two years, two years to live, and I, I thought, God, I haven't even walked my daughter down the aisle at her, at her wedding, and I haven't been able to hold my first grandchild. Please let me live. And I had to tap into that spiritual legacy, Elizabeth, that my dad passed down to me. I had to tap into the faith that I watched him walk through. And I remember thinking this, Elizabeth, I remember like it was just like a light bulb came on. It was like God just spoke to my heart and he said, Robin, are you going to believe what you've taught for the last 30 years? And I'm telling you, it's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to walk through it. (laughs) Robin, it just really sounds like you took inventory of your life and those experiences all those years with your dad of the up and down, you realizing that you were given a second chance to live. You have this chance to love deeply, to forgive freely, to speak sweetly, and ultimately to live a life with no regrets. Yes, I did. And that's what God is. God is a God of second chances, Elizabeth. That's the only way you and I have been given a chance through the, through the rebirth uh, that we uh, obtained when we said yes to Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Uh, he sits at the right hand of God the Father, and the Word of God says this, if you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And that's our second chance. Let's talk about the beauty of paying it forward. There's a real good power there. And tell me what you feel about that. Well, you know, paying it forward, that's what, that's a, 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 
lesson that man thinks that man coined, but God wrote it in his word first. (laughs) And I, I love that because, you know, as we look at our life, everything that we've been given God is asking us to take what we've learned, what the revelation we've been given, and to to pass that on. Paying it forward is about, well, John Wesley put it this way. He said, do all the good you can do by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as as ever you can. So, you know, he put it so beautifully. We're supposed to pass on all the good that we've been given, all the blessings that we have been given, and that we see that in Abraham at, in the very beginning of the book of Genesis. God looked at Abraham, and he blessed Abraham because of his obedience, because of his willingness to serve God, to honor God. He became father of, of nations, and, and because of his blessing, he had that blessing that he spiritually passed forward to his generations, which eventually passed on forward to us through Jesus Christ. So it's it's that um, multiplication effect that when we've been given the ripple effect, we give, and then those people give, and the the blessings go forward. And that's with sharing the good news of the gospel. It's paying it forward. It's what somebody else knowing. I went through it. God pulled me out. He gave me a second chance. Now I want to pay it forward and share the good news of the gospel. What he did for me, he will do it for you because he's no respecter of persons. So paying it forward is an important part of living a life of no regrets because he didn't give us all the wisdom, all the revelation, all the knowledge just to set back and say, well, you know, it's mine to have, so (laughs) I'm going to keep it all for myself. He didn't do that, Elizabeth. He gave it to us so that we can have this contagious generosity. And when we see people in need, we stop. We take the time. We pray with them. We pray for them. We let them know that their life matters, that their struggles matter, that God is hearing them. He's hearing. He cares. He sees. He knows. And that's part of living a life of no regrets. When you really have, you're impactful and influential in others' lives. That's how you can look back at your life. One, ask yourself this question, Elizabeth. Did I live my life doing what God has asked me to do? And if you can honestly say, I did that to the best of my ability, then you you have to let go of all those things behind you. I was at a, a very um, I was at a party in Philadelphia uh, with a very renowned doctor. And her husband, and she said to me, she said, I have a lifetime of regrets. Now, from the outside looking in, I would have looked at her life. She had the perfect husband. She had the perfect career. She had the perfect children, the perfect home. And I'm thinking, how in the world could anyone say that? But see, what it is, it's, it's, it's the thoughts that we capture in our own minds. 
It's the thoughts that we entertain that we hold on to in our own minds. That's why Apostle Paul, he said, we forget those things which are behind, and we reach forward. Well, you can't reach forward if you're always holding on to what has happened in the past. You have to learn to release those things that have happened in the past as, as, and, and release them and literally forget them. I, I love that because God forgets. He says as far as the east is, is from the West, he will remember our transgressions no more. And see, we hold on to those transgressions. We hold on to our failures, to our shortcomings, to our bad decisions. But God's already forgave us of them. He's already said, I I, I washed your record clean. So it starts with salvation, believing in Jesus, because when you do... Elizabeth, God said in his word that Jesus took that eraser and he erased from our record the debt that we owed. So every sin that we've ever committed, past, present, and future, Jesus has already erased it. Now what we have to do is we have to learn to forgive ourselves and we have to receive the forgiveness that God has already extended to us. And when we do that, then we can grow in God. We can mature. We can walk in the destiny call that he has for us. And that's when we build a legacy, live a legacy, and leave a legacy. You know, Elizabeth, so many times, and I see this a lot in in as I travel across the country, you know, women are so busy, you know, trying to get somewhere, you know, trying to be someone, trying to establish themselves. And, and really, God just wants you to establish yourself in Him. And when we establish ourselves in Him, all those other things fall into place. All those other things, we don't have to seek the praise of man. We don't have to seek adulation. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to look for our value in other places. We learn that we find that we are established in him. He directs our path. That's what the word tells us, that he directs our path. So we have to look at it all. I look back at my life, Elizabeth, and, and, you know, I can clearly see, even as a young woman, when I was saved at the age of 13, I remember I was at Watermelon Park in, in um, Winchester, Virginia in 1973 at a gospel thing, and I remember giving my life to the Lord at that, at that time. But there was a time when I, I didn't walk with the Lord. You know, I didn't want to listen. I was in college. I wanted to do what my friends were doing. I wanted to hang out. I wanted to, I didn't want to go to church. So even growing up in a pastor's home, you know, I walked through that period of rebellion against God, even as a believer, even when I laid my head down at night and prayed, God, be with me and protect me and, and, and guide me. Even in that time, there was periods of rebellion in my life. And I look at those times, and you want to talk about regrets. Those are the biggest regrets that I have. It's times when I walked in sheer rebellion to God's Word. 
Regrets come when we walk in rebellion to who God made us to be. When we, when we just give it all and we say, God, I, I'm giving it all. I'm, I'm surrendering everything to you. That's when we can empty that big bucket of regrets. We can just pour it out and say, you've forgiven me as far as the east from the west. I'm forgiving me. And Satan, you're not bringing it up again because it is under the blood. <laughs> it's done. It's finished. I'm free. And when we walk in that kind of freedom, Elizabeth, it is a beautiful path. And it truly is a life of no regrets. And that's where we find our hidden treasures. And in your book, Hidden Treasures, I find that you inspire and you motivate and you really encourage loved ones to begin that walk to the road to heaven without the fear and the anxiety associated with death and dying. Because as you probably know, people who are facing life-threatening diseases, terminal illnesses, and even long-term care of elderly parents don't really have the resources to rely on during those difficult times. Absolutely. And I, I wrote Hidden Treasures for that very reason. I had seen, I I walked with a child who had terminal cancer, and literally he would call me at 2 o'clock in the morning, Miss Robin, will you come pray for me? He was my son's best friend. And I I would go to to his home, which was right in my neighborhood, and I would lay my hands on that child, and I would spend the night praying for him. And it was during that time that what I realized People did not know what to do to help the family in need. They didn't want to be a burden, but they didn't know how to help. And the family was so distraught that they didn't know where to turn. And the church had some resources, but not enough. And so what I did in Hidden Treasures, which I think is just a beautiful gift from God. There's a tear sheet in the back of the book, a two-page tear sheet that a family that's going through a tragedy, facing a long-term illness, they can literally tear that tear sheet out and they can give it to one person, an organizer in their church, a friend, a neighbor, a loved one, and they can say, now take this tear sheet, take this list, and you assign people these jobs. You assign people these times. And it lifts the burden of the everyday um, mundane tasks off the family so they can focus on their loved ones. Because, you know, Elizabeth, the churches, neighborhoods are filled with people that want to help, but they don't know how to help. So maybe I'm the volunteer that's, I'm going to pick up your groceries once a week for you. That's something I can do. I can pick up your groceries. And then maybe your neighbor down the street can fix Monday night meal. And maybe, you know, maybe your cousin can mow the grass once a week for you. And when you go through that checklist, it even has suggestions on times and and how to make sure that visitors are uh, coming at the right times, the appropriate times. But that is a guide to help families organize their life in such a way that those who are going through the trauma can sit back and rest and spend time with their loved ones. You know, God's Word is full of hidden treasures, and, I, and I, that, that book was written to help 
people on their journey as they're going through very difficult times of life. Because in God's Word, He says this, and I, I, I absolutely love it. He says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I'm God, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. How intimate. He cares about our every need, Elizabeth, every need we have. I find Hidden Treasures a great book to pick up if somebody needs some help or guidance or love in the middle of the night. I know we have well-meaning friends who always say, call me if you need anything or I'm here for you, but it's really hard to muster up the courage to call somebody at three in the morning. But your book can sit there and it can actually speak to them the same way. Yes, yes. And it's such a good resource for the um, extended family the cousins, the uncles, the sisters, the brothers, so that they understand. In the book, I talk about communication, which is so important. When someone's struggling, the last thing you want to throw at them is a cliche. You know, just one more flower in God's garden. That is the kind of thing that is most upsetting to someone that's going through a real tragedy. So the book has is filled with good tips that I personally walked through with three different families that were struggling through immense life-changing, life-altering situations. And that book will give them tips to help them know how to best help their loved one in the midst of that tragedy. Where can people find your books or find you? I know we have the RobinBertram.tv. We also have your Facebook, official Robin Bertram. What else? Yes, you can find the books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Books, any online bookstore, Charisma House Publishing, Abington Press Publishing. Um, Anywhere books are sold, you can find the books online. You can go to my website, robinbertram.tv. You can even buy them from Facebook. Oh, nice. (laughs) If you find me on Facebook, you can buy them straight off of Facebook and don't even have to go anywhere else. Nice. All right, we've got about a minute left. What is your favorite biblical song? Biblical uh, psalm or song? Either one. You go with it. Well, I love um, in in John 8, 31, He whom the Son sets free is free indeed, because I believe that we find freedom in Jesus Christ no matter what difficulty we're struggling with right at this moment. He's the answer. Absolutely beautiful. You've been listening to KKPZ, 1330 AM, The Truth. I want to give a big thank you to my guest, Robin Bertram, all the way from beautiful, lovely South Carolina. We've been talking about her two books here, No Regrets, How Loving Deeply and Living Passionately Can Impact Your Legacy Forever, and also Hidden Treasures, Finding Hope at the End of Life's Journey. Until we meet again next week, be excellent to each other.